You're listening to the Unveiling Mormonism podcast from PursueGod.org. Join us every Monday as we pull back the curtain on Mormon history, culture, and doctrine. Find more resources to continue the conversation at PursueGod.org forward slash Mormonism. Last week, we talked about the problem, sin. And we talked about, Bo and KD, we talked about how the Mormon view of sin, the Mormon picture of sin is vastly different from the Christian picture of sin, but we didn't want to leave people there. We, we want to get to this next lesson today. We're going to talk about the solution because every problem needs a solution. And what come, when it comes to that sin problem, the solution is Jesus. We're not saved by keeping a bunch of rules or even by learning a list of doctrines. We're saved by faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ there. I said it, I put it out there. We're saved by faith. And we're going to have to unpack that for Mormons really today and next week, because that is so different from works-based righteousness. Here's the premise. Here's what the Bible teaches. When we trust Jesus for salvation, we can be born again. We, that, that sin problem that we were born into is obliterated by Jesus, not by our works, not by what we do. It's by Jesus. So today we're going to talk about who Jesus is. Next week, we're going to talk about how our listeners can make a response of faith to Jesus to become a Christian, because you don't become a Christian by going through some indoctrination class. You don't become a Christian by attending church a certain length of time. You become a Christian by making a personal decision to trust what Jesus did on the cross and in the resurrection for you. That's how you become a Christian. Again, we're going to get into making that decision next week, because really for today, guys, we need to drill down, especially for you know people with Mormon background. We have to like really drill down today. Who knows how long this podcast is going to be? It could be two hours. We've got to drill down on Jesus. What does the Bible say about Jesus? And maybe the, the, the best place to start is to do what we've been doing the last few weeks, Bo, and it's to let you put your seminary teacher hat on and tell us what you would have taught your students not long ago when you were teaching Mormon seminary students, what would you have told them from a Mormon perspective about Jesus? Sure. Well, you know, the, the basics that we're going to cover today, I would have taught them. So, so mm. the basics, let's just cover them really quick. I would have said that Jesus is Lord of all. I would have said that he is perfectly good. I would have said that he was crucified and risen, overcoming sin and death. And, and I would have said that Jesus is judge of all. And, and he's the one that forgives sin. So I would have said those same points about Jesus to, to my seminary students. And um, obviously, that's, that's what I would have taught. But if we're talking about who Jesus is, uh, I probably would have taught some stuff that you're not going to find in your Bible, no matter what version of the Bible you have <laughs> in your house. <laughs> so, um, so maybe... Oh man, you're right. This could take two hours. Uh, let's let's do it. So so maybe let's start with who Jesus is. Okay. It, the, now the basics. I just I just went over the basics, and and that right there is why Mormons believe that they're Christian. It's why they believe that um, you know we're all we're all in this together. We're all Christian. And and while they they say that out of one side of their mouth, out of the other side of their mouth, they say that they're the only true church of Jesus Christ, and they're the only place you can get saved. So it's kind of it's a weird thing. So anyway, we'll put that aside. Here's what Mormons teach about Jesus, and here's kind of what I would have taught uh, about who Jesus is. I would have said that that Jesus existed before this life as our elder brother. So us as human beings, um, I would have said we all existed as spirit sons and daughters of heavenly parents, plural, um, and that Jesus Christ was our older brother in a pre-existence. Okay, okay, hold on. I got to just stop you right here because I can just hear our Christian listeners who are just listening to this for information. They just like want to know about Mormonism because their Mormon friends seem like Christians. Mormons seem like Baptists. It's just like another denomination. Mormons are even saying that now. So are you making this up right now, Bo? Because some of our Christian listeners are saying, uh-uh, there's no way Bob by the water cooler Mormon Bob believes that stuff. Like that sounds so far-fetched, so not biblical. Is that like legit Mormon doctrine or is that just Bo's version of it? <laughs> no, that's, that's legit Mormon doctrine. So again, what Bob at the water cooler is going to say about Jesus 
in passing, he's going to say, Jesus is Lord of all. He's perfectly good. He's crucified and risen. He's judge of all. That's, that's what Bob's going to say to his neighbor who's a Christian, and they're going to get along great because they believe the quote-unquote same things about Jesus. Mm. But yeah, um, all Mormons believe that Jesus Christ is their elder brother. You'll hear that if, if you ever listen to like general conference talks, you'll often hear the prophets and apostles testify of Christ, and that's one of the main things they'll say is they'll, they'll say, our elder brother, Jesus Christ— died for us. So mm. Mormons believe that they existed as spirit sons and daughters of heavenly parents, plural. I want to emphasize that. Uh, and that Jesus Christ was the eldest brother. Okay. Meaning that he essentially was created by God, the father. Okay. Um, and that Jesus in, in that pre-earth life um, during the war in heaven, volunteered as our savior to essentially go forward with the father's plan, um, while Satan had a plan that was going to force us to obey God. Um, Satan, again, because we're all a, fa- a big family tree in Mormonism, Satan was also a brother of ours, and technically a brother of Jesus in this case, okay? So Jesus and Satan are brothers in Mormonism, and during the war in heaven, two-thirds of the children of God in the pre-earth life chose to follow Jesus and, and God's plan and come to earth knowing that Jesus would come be our Savior. So that's the premise of, of what Mormons be, uh, believe about who Jesus was before this life. Um, obviously, like I said, you're not going to find that in your Bibles. You are going to find in your Bible that there was a war in heaven. You are going to find, um, that Jesus existed before this life, but that's all you'll find in your, in your Bible when you compare it to Mormonism. That's the same. Okay. So, uh, how are we doing, by the way? We're doing great. This is, again, I think our we, some of our Christian listeners had to pick themselves up off the floor when you said, when you said, first of all, when you said that Jesus is our older brother, but then secondly, when you said that Jesus is Satan's brother too. Yeah, that's, that is a Mormon belief, yes, that, that, that Satan is a fallen angel, that we were all spirit sons and daughters of God in the previous life. He was our was one of our brothers he fell with a third of the host of heaven which in this case we believed right mormons believed that it would be the the brothers and sisters that followed satan mm. and were cast out okay so by the way this is for another episode but i i just i did this last time and i got to do this again okay so just a, just a little thing about angels okay mormon in i think in mormonism i think you just mentioned this in mormonism angels Angels were humans, right? I mean, that's. I mean, Moroni, the angel Moroni, was was a human, was a prophet, right? Yeah, that angel at the, at the top of the temples was a, is a character, or is the one who is the one who um, gave the golden plates to Joseph or whatever. He's the one yes, who exactly. wrote them or whatever. So Moroni, Moroni in Mormonism, yeah, the belief is that that Moroni lived as a prophet on the earth 600 or 400 years after Jesus died. He buries the, the plates in the ground and then he appears as an angel to Joseph and gives him the plates. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So l- let me just tell our listeners with a Mormon background. I'm, we're, I know this is a different topic, but it's, it's, I've just got to say this. Angels are not humans. Angels were not human. According to the Bible, angels were not humans. There's no place in the Bible where you're going to see an angel come back from, you know, having been like a human previously. So angels and humans are, diff- are not the same species. And here I'm going to tie it into t- today's topic. And Jesus is not the same species as humans or as angels. Here's what the Bible teaches. I know we're kind of jumping the gun a little bit. I've got to, we got to go back and see and, and talk about what Mormons teach a little more. But here's what the Bible teaches. Jesus is God. Jesus is not created. Jesus is creator. Colossians 1 says Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created. I mean, there's your answer to this pre-existence He's my older brother, and he's Satan's brother. The Bible says he existed before anything was created. 
and is supreme over all creation. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. And John 1 says that in the beginning, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and it's talking about Jesus there. Jesus is the Logos, that's what the word, word, the original Greek for that is the word Logos, and Jesus is the Logos. John is trying to explain to his Greek audience that Jesus was was the creator, not a created being. So this is, you know, when, when you said, Bo, when you said that Mormons would agree that Jesus is Lord of all, when, when Christians say that Jesus is Lord of all, what we mean is that he is God. And what Mormons, Mormons mean something very different about all that. Yeah. And so that kind of brings us to this next um, understanding about Jesus from a Mormon's perspective. So after that, you know, the, that event happened in heaven, um, Jesus creates the world, right? He creates the, the, uh, the world, the, the galaxy, the universe, whatever you want to say, and um, creates mankind. So, so Mormons believe that Jesus is the creator of what we know of in terms of, you know, the, uh, the, the world and everything. Um, and, and, and obviously that, <laughs> that sounds the same, but, I, but as you just pointed out, it's quite a bit different, mm-hmm. right? When, when, when Mormons say that they believe that he's the creator and the Lord, and Lord of all, um, they also believe that he was created, which is quite a bit different, right? So um, anyway, so, so Mormons believe that he's, uh, that, that Jesus Christ um, volunteered to be the, the savior that he obviously chose to, to fulfill God's plan. God's plan was that all of us, uh, human beings would, would come to earth, get bodies and progress to become like him. But the only way that would be possible in a sinful state was to have a savior, which is where Jesus Christ comes in. Jesus Christ volunteered to live a perfect sinless life, die on the cross, rise again, um, be our exemplar and our savior. So that's that's what Mormons believe about um, about Jesus, and where where there's a lot of common ground. And I do want to point this out: there's a lot of co- there's plenty of common ground. Uh, <laughs> and I know that um, you know that this is so. This is where Christians and Mormons can can debate right quite a bit. So I do want to point out that there is common ground. Mormons believe in the the life of Jesus Christ that's taught in the Bible. So Mormons believe in the Gospels. Mormons believe that Jesus Christ was was born of a, a Virgin Mary, right? Um, Mormons believe that Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life. Mormons believe that if you follow the Gospel of Jesus Christ, you will receive salvation. Now, they, they believe something different about the Gospel of Jesus Christ and what it means to follow it. Um, but but yeah, so so that's 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 the basics of what I would teach in a seminary class, and I did that in like fourteen minutes. So I think we have time. We might not even go two hours on this one uh, to kind of unpack the whole the whole topic. But yeah, what what questions would you have before? Yeah, maybe before we move on. Well, I do have a question, and this might not even be a fair one, and this might be a total rabbit trail. But I'm going to throw it out there, and you can shoot it down if this is going to get us so off track. But my, so my understanding is our is our goal is to be become gods is to progress to godhood to be gods of our own planets in Mormonism right we talked about that in other episodes on the podcast do I have that right so far Bo yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's kind of why I emphasized Mormons believe that they are spirit children of heavenly parents right plural meaning that they have a heavenly father and a heavenly, and a heavenly mother. mother. Because one day they're going to be able to become a heavenly father and a heavenly mother with their spouse. So how? Yeah. Okay. So I've got it's a, like a two or three part question. Why? Why does Jesus not have his own planet? That's number one. Number two. Then, like so many, so many of the covenants have to do with getting married. So, like the work of having kids and bringing kids out of the spirit world in you know, into so that they can progress, but Jesus never got married or did he? Like, I, there's just so many questions when I really start thinking about this. I'm like, wait a second. So who is Jesus really to a Mormon? 
Because why isn't he just off in his own, in his own universe, you know, being the god of his own planet? Yeah, these are these are really good questions that I that like deep doctrine mm. Mormon enthusiasts debate for sure, mm. right? Like, was Jesus married? Um, because if if marriage really is the new and everlasting covenant, uh, then you would think Jesus fulfilled all righteousness, like he says he did. So you would think he had to have been married, but there's no record in the Bible. So was it Mary Magdalene? Like what in the world? So, so Mormons actually debate this. Hmm. I remember talking, um, debating this with a couple missionaries when I was on my mission. Um, I had a missionary uh, that lived in my apartment that believed that Jesus was married. Um, and he, he believed it like big time and in reference to a few old Mormon apostles from way back in the day. And by the way, you can find almost anything taught by old Mormon apostles really? if you want to. Oh yeah. There's so much, there's a lot, man. I mean, yeah. For example, I hate bringing this stuff up, but, but yeah, I mean, even, even in there's what, 50 years ago, right. Apostles in, in Mormon doctrine, that's, it's a published book. You could probably still find it at Deseret book. It's official Mormon doctrine written by an apostle. Um, in that book, he basically claims that Christ was begotten by an immortal father in the same way that mortal men are begotten by mortal fathers. Mm. Now notice he doesn't say Christ was begotten by a mother in the same way. So hopefully you guys caught that. Like that's, that's just one example of some of the problems that come in when you believe this about having heavenly parents or when you believe this about, you know, Jesus being, um, our older brother instead of being God. So, so that's that, I guess that's just an example of the confusion that can come in. So, so yeah, Brian, when you ask like, well, you know, doesn't that kind of cause some, uh, some confusion? Like it does, it, it does create con- confusion in, in, in the teachings of, of who Jesus is. And, um, anyway, yeah, that's just one example. There's so many we could get into. But. Well, and it's really the, it's, it's really the, product of of a church that believes that the canon is still open that in other words that god still speaks authoritatively and basically can change his mind right so we have this problem now that we have all these all these doctrines like you mentioned all these doctrines that we you know come from prophets and apostles because they still speak for god whereas you know, now at the church you go to, I'm, I'm one of the pastors at your church. I can't just say, hey, guys, guess what? You're not going to find this in the Bible, but guess what? Guess what God just told me? Like, we would have right. major, major problems if that's how truth worked. And the biggest problem we would have would be around this idea of who Jesus is. Because some of the other stuff, whatever, if it's fringe stuff, whatever. But what you believe about Jesus, I want our listeners to hear this. What you believe about Jesus is the most important thing about you. And the reason for that is because what you believe about Jesus is the thing that determines your eternal destiny. It's not how good you are. It's not how many good works you can do. It's not how much bad you've overcome by trying to be better, trying to be good. The Bible teaches, and we'll talk more about this next week, but the Bible teaches that that the only way to salvation is by trusting in Jesus. So you better have the right Jesus. If your Jesus is wrong, the object of your faith is so important. If, you're, if you have the wrong concept of Jesus, then I, I believe, guys, that you can't be saved. So I want to say, say that to our Mormon listeners. That's why this topic is probably more important for people coming out of Mormonism, topic five in the pursuit, than just kind of the average atheist or agnostic. Because the average atheist or agnostic doesn't have preconceived notions about Jesus that they have to sort of fight against in their minds. But you guys did. When, you, when we brought you through the pursuit not too long ago, you guys had to wrestle with this. And Katie, I know you have a journal full of, of comments and questions and insights as, as you were just thinking about this and looking at what God's word had to say about it. This probably was one of the hardest topics for you guys to wrap your minds around because you already had this this slightly not just slightly off but like big time off doctrine and theology around the person and work of Jesus 
And so let's just spend some time on probably the most important thing, which is that Jesus is fully God. Maybe for you guys, it would be helpful for you to try to explain, first of all, explain that doctrine to your fellow um, you know, Mormon background believers, number one, but then number two, maybe just talk about why that's so important to believe. Well, okay. So I was brought up, as we just talked about, believing that Jesus was um, God's offspring. So he was not God. So I think it's really important to shift that because that's not what the Bible teaches, but also because if, if he's our big brother, if he is somebody that we're trying to become, then that feels really heavy, right? That feels like uh, something that's impossible because it is, because um, we will never be perfect. We'll never live up to our big brother. We'll never be that good. But if we can set that aside and think about what the Bible teaches about Jesus, that he's fully God, then that changes a lot of things that for me, when I shifted that focus and that thought, a lot of things changed for me in my perspective of God and myself. Think about it. If Jesus is actually God, right? God incarnate, which is what we talk about in Alpine, in the Christian church. Um, that means that God is this huge being that came down in a human form to live this life that we live. Like, that's crazy. Why would he do that? Why wouldn't he just say, oh, I created this awesome world. I created these, these people. They sinned. They didn't listen to me. I'm just going to scrap that and start over. Why didn't he do that? Why did he choose instead to come down as a, in human form and and sacrifice himself, you know? like. So Katie, you're saying, let me see if I can understand what you're saying, that for, for God to come down and take on flesh is different than for your older brother to come down and, yeah, be, and you know, like think, be your tribute. Yeah, for sure, because I think it's important to, for you to understand that everyone had to come down in Mormonism everyone had to come down to get a body, right? So at some point, Jesus being our older brother would have to come down to get a body. So that was going to be in his cards anyways. But for him to then volunteer to be our savior, you know, he came down and as our savior and sacrificed himself. And I often would get really down on myself sometimes and be like, man, why did it have to be him? Like, man, that's, I can't believe that he did that for us as like an older brother, but like, it's an interesting difference. It's, it's an interesting thought because that seems less, that is less than what God is, right? Obviously that's less than what actually happened. And to think about a, a being that can create our whole universe coming down as a human to live a mediocre life and be tempted and tried and live as a human. That's crazy. That was a, that was a mind blowing thought for me as a Mormon. Okay. So I'm going to play the Mormon advocate here for a second. Cause I, I think a more, uh, someone with a Mormon background is probably going to disagree here. I think they're going to say, well, hang on a second. Like Christ created the world. He, he threw the, the, the power of God through the priesthood, he created the world and, and he did come and condescend. He came to earth and he lived the sinless life so that we could live with God again. So, so to someone with a Mormon background, they're, they're going to say, well, what's the big deal? Like it's the end result is the same is, is what 
is what I'm saying as a Mormon advocate here. So, so what's, what's your answer to that? Well, the end result isn't the same to me because a human dying for a human would be like, like me dying for you, Bo. If I said to you, I'm, I'm going to die for you, the, here's a problem is that's not your sin. We talked about this last week. Your sin was God-sized. And so the, the solution to God-sized sin is God. God himself put on flesh and made his dwelling among us. And like KD is saying, that is so different than my older brother, who I like how you said it, KD, who already had to do it anyway. <laughs> you know, he had to do it anyway. It was in the cards for him anyway, coming. It, it's like it minimizes... I think the love of God, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son to die in our place so that we could have eternal life. It's such a different, this is why I think every Mormon who walks into our church, for years we've noticed this, I, you know, we had a few, a couple of months back, we had a, our youth pastor on and he, he grew up Mormon and the thing that got him, the very first time he walked into our church, he heard in a sermon, it was the sermon wasn't even about this, but he heard in the sermon as an aside, Jesus is God, and that was it for him. That was the thing that I think by the Holy Spirit clicked for him. This is what I pray for our Mormon listeners: is that it would click for you that it is there is a difference. That well, first of all, I think the Bible teaches us, so we need to be faithful to the Bible. But I think your question is a little bit bigger than that, like. If it, if, if it did the same thing, what does it matter? It doesn't do the same thing if it's not God who dies for you. It's important to understand that it, it, it didn't just need to be a human living a sinless life that was given power from God to, to do it. It needed to be God. If Jesus wasn't God, if Jesus is just our older brother, then Jesus would have been born into sin just like we're born into sin. So go back to last week's topic about original sin and so this is why it really is kind of like you gotta, it's almost like you're peeling back an onion with Mormonism, aren't you? So every new problem is, is just every new doctrine, like opens up a new thing, like, wait a second, okay, this is a problem too now. Oh, this is a problem too now. This is a problem too now. So if Jesus isn't God, then Jesus has original sin. And then Jesus needs somebody to die for his sins. That's why it's so critical that Jesus what the Bible teaches is true, that Jesus is God. Jesus is perfect and sinless. And I don't mean that in a way that you think about your, your bishop in, or your apostle in, or your prophet in. Those guys are sinful people, just like me. Not more than me, just like me. Jesus is God. And if he wasn't fully God, then this whole thing that we talk about, his death and resurrection, and, and dying for us, and, and for that to pay for our sin debt, like all of that falls apart if Jesus isn't God. It's a great way to put it. And I love what, what Katie said about how much bigger God, God is, that the God of the universe is, when you realize God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one, and... And that's an imp that's it's so important to understand. I think placing your faith in the one true God is the, is the only way that that anyone is going to be saved. It's what it says in the Bible, mm. right? Christ said it himself. And and so again, I, a second ago, I was playing the the Mormon advocate, and I'm kind of the other side right now. <laughs> I'm walking a line here, <laughs> uh, but but no, I think it's it's important because. Um, because saving faith is believing in the one true God and Jesus Christ, who he sent, right? Like that, that is placing your faith in Jesus um, is the only way to salvation. I mean, Christ was very clear about that. And I think a lot of people get this vision of Jesus while, while we're on the topic. A lot of people get this vision of Jesus that he, you know, he talked about love and um, caring for your, for your neighbor. And he did. He did, but he also said he came to bring a sword, right? He came to divide. And, uh, and, and, and why? Like, why would he come to divide? I don't, like, what's the point of, of coming to, 
Because I thought Jesus was all about love. I mean, he definitely loves us. I that because he is God and created us, and that is what makes him so surprising. That's what's so so surprising mm-hmm. about God coming down for us. He does love us, but there's there's a an issue that God is not just loving and holy. He is just. He he has a just way about him. He requires us to be sinless, to be with him. And that's just not, we can't do that. We, we cannot, we are human, right? We cannot be with God at all. We can't go back to him. That's, that's such a good point. And, and growing up Mormon, and for, you know, for those listening with a Mormon background, there's this constant cat and mouse that you're playing where you repent, then you take the sacrament, and now, and now you have the Spirit with you again for another week. But then you mess up five minutes later, and then you got to repent, and then the Spirit comes back. But then the Spirit's going to leave when you sin again, and then the Spirit comes back. Like That's kind of like the cat and mouse game that, that is kind of believed in in, in in Mormonism. And there's this constant need um, to repent. And I'm not saying that we don't need to repent. That's not what I'm saying. What, what I'm saying is... Um, there's a difference uh, in placing your faith in Jesus and the change that occurs versus placing your faith in a Jesus that is not taught in the Bible um, and what occurs in your life. And I know that that's going to be hard to hear, and I know that's probably that's going to make, um, you know, maybe people are, are going to stop listening on the podcast, yeah. and that's all right. Yeah. But, it, but there is a difference, and, and I think it's important to point out that the Bible teaches that Jesus is God, that there is one God, that, that we do not come from heavenly parents, plural, but that God, the creator of the universe, created us. Well, and I think part of the, part of the reason, you know, I, I'm always asking the question, like, why is this Mormon doctrine? Why, would, why did Joseph Smith have to, like, mess around with the Jesus part of this? He didn't, at first glance, I would say he didn't really have to do that. But the more I think about it, it really is, here's, here's one of the problems with this, is it's all about bringing Jesus down to our level or bringing us up to Jesus' level, however, however you want to look at it. Either, either way you look at it, it's about minimizing Jesus. It's about, even though the name is in, your, is in the name of the church, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it minimizes Jesus. It actually... I think just deeply grieves the heart of God, what Mormons believe about Jesus. It really does. I think it, I mean, that's maybe even an understatement. I think it offends the heart of God to, to say that Jesus is like a human, to say that Jesus is just our big brother, to say that Jesus is the same species as the rest of us. Jesus is God. That, that's why they want it in, in his day when he, when he said, before Abraham was born, I am. He, he was using this, the, the, the words I am literally means Yahweh. He was literally claiming to be in front of those Jewish people. He was saying something that he well knew was blasphemous if it wasn't true. He was claiming to be God. Before Abraham was born, he said, I am. He didn't say, I was born. He said, before Abraham was born, I am. It's the same words that Moses, or that God identified himself to Moses with. Moses said, who should I say is sending me to the people of Israel to rescue them? Um, and, and God said, tell them, I am who I am. The I am has sent you. Jesus was claiming in John 8, 58, he was claiming to be God. And we know it because the gospel tells us that the, that the Jews took up rocks to stone him because that's what you did when somebody was blasphemous and jesus if jesus thought he was if if jesus thought he was misunderstood or if the gospel writer john thought it was misunderstood he would have said and then jesus said oh whoa whoa sorry you misunderstood me i didn't mean it like that wait i didn't mean to say it like that i did not say that i'm god no he didn't do that jesus didn't correct it he did mean to claim to be god and here's why because jesus is God. And to our listeners with a Mormon background, I know this is hard, and Bo, you're right, this might be sort of the hurdle that people need to get over before they even go to next week's topic. 
Because next week we're going to talk about how do you respond to Jesus now that you know this? How So how do, you know, that I have to make a personal response of faith to this Jesus? Which one? The one, in the, the one of the Bible, the Jesus of the Bible, not the Jesus of Mormonism, because they're clearly two very different characters. The Jesus of the Bible saves. He is fully God. The Jesus of Mormonism is a glorified human being. That's it. And that Jesus is A, not biblical, and B, that Jesus doesn't have any power to save us. So to have saving faith requires the right information about who Jesus is. And so guys, maybe you can just try to put a little bit more flesh on this for our listeners. How hard, you know, it wasn't long ago that you were going through this very lesson with us, with my wife and I, Tracy and I, as we were talking, discipling you through this and and Katie, I remember you said you had to listen to this podcast three different times, and you had tons of notes in your journal. By the way, I do encourage people listening to take a journal on this stuff. It's helpful to write it down and think about it as you're studying this stuff. How, like, what was the, what made the difference for you? How did you guys get over that hurdle of kind of giving up what you've believed all along about Jesus to really accept a more biblical picture? When you realize that Jesus is God, um, it does put you on a different plane than him. So like you mentioned, you know, bringing Jesus down to our level and us up to Jesus's level can cause some issues. And when you realize that that is not the case, for me, that was a freeing thought because I was no longer trying to become like my big brother, I was, I was, I was a human. And in no, for me, once I realized that I, I'm a human and that God is God, that, that gave me rest in the thought of Jesus, right? And his, in his sacrifice for us, that gave me rest to know that I can put my trust in him and, and be human at the same time. And, and then I can worship God as the amazing, omnipotent being that he is. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. I think it put, it put it into the right perspective. It, it, helped, it helped us understand who we are as broken, sinful people, that we really do need God to save us. Um. And the realization that God has saved anyone who believes. And I think the first thing, at least for me, the first thing I had to understand was that I could trust the Bible uh, as the definitive word of God. Um, I had to understand that I could not work off my sin. And it didn't matter that I was a quote-unquote good person. Um, And then I had to, yeah... I had to study the Bible and understand what the Word of God teaches. And when I understood it, um, and obviously I'm trying to continue to understand it, but what, when, when I understood what it taught about Jesus, that's, that's when I think light bulb clicked and it put everything into perspective like you're saying, right? Um, and it, it's so important, right? It's, it's so important to understand uh, that, that Jesus is God, that he's perfect, he's perfectly good, Um because only God, a perfectly good, just God, uh, could come, um, be crucified, and rise again, and it would mean something. So, right, that's the only way it would satisfy His demands for justice. Um, and I really love what C.S. Lewis says. He says about. Jesus Christ, he says, you can shut him up for a fool. You can spit on him and kill him as a demon. You can fall at his feet and call him Lord, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God, but let us not come within any patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. So I love that quote because the Bible teaches that he is God. And as much as us we humans to try to understand God want to maybe like bring him down or to make us feel better, want to bring ourselves up, that's just not what he taught. And and as painful as it might be to kind of realize that we're 
sinners and we're not perfect and can never be that way. As painful it is to realize that maybe you weren't with a Mormon background brought up believing in a biblical Jesus. At the same time, learning about him, reading the Bible, it does bring that rest that he promises. You know, it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, as a seminary teacher, and and I was I would teach my students this all the time, like uh, that we have, you know, the the fullness of the gospel. Like we understand the fullness about about God and about Jesus and about who we are. Um, but the more I study the Bible, and, and the more I've learned to to be able to trust the Bible, um, the more I've realized how much more simple it is to understand Jesus when you, when you understand that Jesus is God and the, and it just, and I, we said this already, but it just puts everything into perspective when you realize that. And, and, and you don't go all, you don't go down all these theological rabbit holes that the Mormonism takes you down to think like, wait, if we had heavenly parents, who are their parents and wait, who are their parents? And wait, is, is there multiple Jesus Christ for every world that every Mormon God has created? Like what? There's so many different rabbit holes you go down. But the God of the Bible is not, he's not here to confuse you, right? He, um, he's very clear about it. He says, I am, right? And uh, anyway, so the, the point I'm trying to make here is when you understand who Jesus is, when you understand that Jesus is God, when you understand that he, he lived a life um, that was perfectly good, that he died and rose again, and that he's the judge of all to forgive sin. Like when you realize that about Jesus, and you realize that he, that it's because he's God that he can do that, it puts everything into the right perspective. And I think it helps, at least for me, it helped me um, understand who I was placing my faith in, and it was the God of the universe. All of those things you just mentioned were from Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 10. And I want to close this episode with kind of how that conversation ended. So in Acts chapter 10, Peter's preaching for the very first time to a bunch of Gentiles, non-Jewish people. So the first several sermons Peter preached in the book of Acts were to Jewish people. And so he always framed Jesus in in terms that Jewish people could understand. But in Acts chapter 10, he's preaching to Gentile people, and he, it's almost like he simplifies it, and he mentions these things that you just mentioned, Bo. He, you know, he says that Jesus is Lord of all. He says that he's perfectly good. He's crucified and risen. He's judge of all. And the last thing he says that he's the, is that he, Jesus is the forgiver of sins. He says in verse 43, anyone who believes in Jesus will have their sins forgiven through his name. And I love what happens next. The very next verse, verse 44, it says that even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. In other words, and this is, I think, important for our listeners to grasp, you're, you're not, by your own power, you're not going to be able to change your mind about Jesus. You're not going to be able to make a switch from Mormon Jesus to biblical Jesus on your own. It's going to take the Holy Spirit. It's going to take the Holy Spirit opening your eyes opening your ears in a spiritual sense to the truth of this. Bo and KD, this, we saw this with you several months ago as you learned this, and the Holy Spirit had to do a work that you couldn't even do yourself. It's like what happened to the Apostle Paul before he was a Christian. He was a, you know, a Jewish. He was a Pharisee. He was persecuting the Christians. And then, and then all of a sudden he meets Jesus and realized basically kind of what we're encouraging Mormons to realize is that you got Jesus wrong. Saul had Jesus wrong, and he thought Jesus was was a nobody until he really encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. And the Bible says that something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. And I think that that's really talking about what we see here in verse 44. It's the same phenomenon. It's the, the Holy Spirit like unveiling Jesus to you. It's the Holy Spirit dropping this veil this this thing where you can't really truly see Jesus because of because of what you've been fed about Jesus from Mormon doctrine that's just not true. It's just not true. But but it's hard, it's so hard for someone coming from a Mormon background to really receive these things. The way you receive these things is by the Holy Spirit falling upon you 
and revealing to you that this is right. Because there's a lot riding on this, guys, isn't there? Like for both of you, this was your livelihood. This was your, these were all your families. This was like this Mormonism isn't just some side thing to most of our listeners. For them, they're going to be like, okay, what if everything you're saying is true? What if it is true that Jesus is God? I don't, I still don't know if I want to really like buy this because of how much I'm going to have to give up, how much I'm going to have to sacrifice. So guys, next week, we're going to talk about responding in faith to Jesus. But maybe you can close this episode by talking about, (laughs) honestly, whether it's worth it to make that response of faith because of all the stuff that, all the changes that have come into your life, um, you know, like with your family and with your friends and having to leave your ward and go to a Christian church now. I don't want to sugarcoat this for our listeners. This is, this is a big deal and this is a big decision. This is a huge hurdle to get over. So for you guys, last word for today, was it worth it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, good, it's a great question. Um, I think uh, you're right. It's, it's not a decision to make lightly. I think, um, I've said this before, people are leaving the Mormon church in droves right now. Just there's a massive, massive wave of people leaving the church, maybe not necessarily removing their records from the church, but they just stopped going to church to stop believing. And, and, and I think the, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, not that they're leaving the Mormon church, uh, but that they're not leaving to find God. Um, they're not leaving to find Jesus. And, and, and I think, um, w- w- you know, one of the problems is, is because in Mormonism, you're taught that, like, this is it. This is the truth. If this isn't true, nothing's true. So good luck out there, right? And, and that is not that's not the case. Um, now, you know, le- leaving the Mormon church is hard. Um, there, there's, <laughs> there's plenty that happens in the community when you leave. Um, there's people that stop talking to you. You didn't think would stop talking to you. Uh, you're treated differently, whether you, whether people realize it or not. And, and look, this is not like a woe is me thing. Um, that's going to happen. But if that's the sort of thing that you have to go through to to find Jesus, then absolutely it's worth it, right? Because, uh, look, we're we're all here on this earth, and there's got to be a reason for it. Um, now maybe maybe there was a big bang a couple billion years ago, right? Maybe uh, someone snapped their fingers, and we're all here in this random experiment. Maybe, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe there's a matrix. <laughs> But for but look, we're all here, and and when you when you study the Bible, um, and 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 you really understand it, and you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, uh, and and when you come to faith in Christ, that's when you change, and and when you become a new creation in Christ, like it it changes you from the inside out, and uh, and for me. That change uh, has been worth, has been worth, yeah, it, and anything that I've experienced, you know, leaving the Mormon church to, to be able to find the biblical Jesus has, um, has been absolutely worth it. Because, again, that's at the end of all this, um, every human being needs to, to make a response one way or the other, because there's, there's only one name given. Um, like it Jesus Christ is is the gate and uh and it's important that you know that we that we make a response. Yeah, and I think for um me I is leaving the Mormon church worth it and I would ultimately say yes, but I do think um Bo and Brian you're right. It is an important it's something that you need to weigh and and the Bible speaks to this. It is something that you need to weigh because Jesus asks you to love him more than your family, to love him more than that thought of like the temple, right? Um, And ultimately what it came down to for me is that 
I feared the God of the Bible more than the God of Mormonism. Because he is um, thinking about Jesus being God and coming down is such, it's just changes everything like we've been talking about. And I, I, I making a response, which we'll talk about next week has changed my life so much and it has been absolutely worth it. That does not mean that it has been easy though. doesn't mean that it hasn't been without hardship, but Jesus Christ's love carries us through that and gives us a path. And I encourage anybody considering leaving to listen to our leaving well series. Cause I think that's a really gr- great, you know, start to thinking about how do I tell my family? How do I, how do I do this? And I, I do think it's worth it. 100%. These last few weeks, we, <laughs> we started by, by saying, Hey, if you were to ask a, a Mormon and a Christian, what they believe about God, about Jesus, about man, you know, they, they would have probably said surface level the same things. And then we, then we pulled at that thread just a bit <laughs> and we, we just, you know, most of us are probably just swimming in, uh, you know, for, for anybody with a Mormon background, they are, their, their head's probably spinning, right. Thinking about all of the things that they grew up believing or all the things they were taught or maybe all the things they taught on their mission compared to what is taught in the Bible. And so, um, if that's you, if your head's spinning, that's super normal. <laughs> um, you know, my, my head was spinning too at first. And, and so I think, you know, it's important to, to know that, look, there's resources, right? That, um, first there's the Bible and you can, you can turn to the Bible, uh, you know, any, at any point to, to look for truth, but there's also resources on pursuegod.org, uh, that, that are going to be super valuable for you. So, you know, um, today we talked a lot about Jesus, um, a lot about Jesus being God, and and for someone with a Mormon background, um, that's a confusing thought to to think about Jesus being God, to think about the Trinity. Um, so so look, I would just encourage you to to study about it. So so go to pursuegod.org and and, and maybe listen to the Trinity series or, or you know study about it there. Just you know whatever, or maybe maybe you're struggling with uh, you know the belief that. Um, we come from heavenly parents. So, so maybe you need to, you know, learn what the Bible teaches about God in general. Like, I just think there's, look, we, we've talked about a few things that are important for, for people to understand in order to make a response of faith to Jesus. And, uh, and so I just think it's important that, you know, that, that we, that we have a clear picture. So if, if your head's spinning, it's all good happens. Um, go to pursuegod.org and, and, you know, look up some of your questions and, and obviously reach out to, uh, to a mentor if, if you've been connected with one, cause you know, obviously they're, they're willing to help as well. Hey listeners, this is Brian. Just a quick note. If you're going through this topic with a mentor, if you're coming from a Mormon background and you're saying, I don't know if I'm quite ready for topic six, I don't know if I'm ready to respond to Jesus. Cause I still have a bunch of questions about him. So don't go to topic six yet. We encourage you instead maybe to spend some time on Pursue God, check out our Trinity series, check out some of the other resources about who Jesus is. It really is important that you understand who Jesus is. No need to rush to the next topic to respond. Now, if you're ready to respond to Jesus, well, then by all means, tune in next week and let's talk about that.